Hello, friends and neighbors. Welcome to the Monster Ether Pilot Podcast. Podcast that is hosted by me, Brandon. It is Monday in the music room. That's right. It's the day when I talk about the stuff, man. What's up? I think uh, I've got I got a couple things to talk about. I don't have a whole lot to talk about, do I? I did. Um, not really. Not really, not at all. I like how I had to, the other night I did sports talk, you know, and I had to re-record it after I got done doing the great episode I have with my buddy Justin. If you haven't checked that out, make sure you go check that episode out. It's great, great chat. Um, you know, I had to re-record it because it came out of date, and then when I woke up the next morning, it was already completely out of date again, and I'll be going over that this coming Thursday when the new sports talk, where I'll go over Liverpool game, which started this week. Liverpool, Chelsea, and then um, preview Hell is Real with Columbus. But it is Monday in the music room, so it's not time for fucking yeah, the sports talk. Come on, Brandon. Where are you? Get focused up, buddy. Um, yeah, so it's Monday. We're going to go over two more episodes of the Lost Rewatch Season 4. We got something nice back home and Cabin Fever. Then um, we're going to talk about a TV show that I decided to rewatch. And I think I... Re- I don't know, I got to like season three. I'm like, man, I don't remember any of this. And then I got to like the series finale. I'm like, I got to this point because I remember this episode. Man, it was bad. It's a bad show. And it shouldn't be. And that's the frustrating part. But some of it's kind of really fun. I don't know. I'm going to talk about it here in depth. And then I'm going to go over the music of um, somebody that has been on my radar for a while. But I finally got around to listening to him this week. And <sighs> they are great, great, great. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, friends and neighbors, make sure you like, share, subscribe, support. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster 8 the Pilot. Excuse me. Um, on video on Spotify. And if you're watching on Spotify, not only are you seeing the sexy lighting, or by that I mean just the lighting, you're also seeing that Brandon is now wearing bandanas because that's where he is at life. He is in the stage of life where he's wearing bandanas, and he kind of looks like a run-down Vietnam veteran which is ridiculous because I never went to Vietnam, so never been there. Not even to run a sweatshop like Frank Reynolds. Ah, man. What do we even start with? Where do we go from here, man? I don't know. I'm starting this way too late. Way too late. I got to work in the morning, and it's midnight already, and I haven't even started recording, so I got to record the episode. Still got (laughs) to export it and do all the fun stuff, and then I've got to post it. And last week, I didn't give you any timestamps because I was lazy, and I don't want to do that, make a habit of that, so I got to make sure I do timestamps. So that means (laughs) I will be up to like 2 o'clock in the morning. I got to be at work at 9.30. I'm an idiot. I am not like 20 anymore. I'm not 20 years old where I can do that. Go to bed at 2, wake up at like 7, rearing to go. (sighs) No, man. If I go to bed at 2, noon is my target time of maybe getting out of bed and being ready to do something. That's the target. And I fail that still. And it's like, eh, maybe I'll sit in bed another hour. Maybe 1 o'clock is my time if I go to bed at 2. <laughs> old! I'm so freaking old. Uh, but yeah, like I said, if you haven't checked out the Just Malone episode, it was a great chat. So make sure you go back and check it out. Um, enemy of the show. Make sure you're subscribed, all the fun stuff, so you never miss an episode of whatever this monstrosity is. Oh. Did I miss anything this week? I feel like I had stuff I wanted to talk about with you guys, with my friends and my neighbors, but I can't remember what it was. I'm getting bad about writing stuff. I'm writing more lyrics down, but I'm not writing down more ideas for the show or the... Like, uh, topics for me to go over. So, I guess it's kind of washed right now. Like, I'm feeling good about writing stuff. I mean, I got big plans coming up. I got, obviously, uh, Sobriety Weekend coming up next. Not this weekend, but the following weekend. Oh, we're so close. So close to three years of it. It's ridiculous. How did I do this? Through sheer hard work and believing in yourself. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um... No, I'm, I'm still figuring out what I'm going to do. I've got uh, jam plans, and I've got uh, family supposed to be coming up. Then, yeah, it's going to be a great time. It's going to be a wonderful time. Good time, great time, wonderful time. It's Toronto versus Columbus that weekend, the Trillium Cup, you know, because apparently we care about that. I don't. I really don't give a shit. Hopefully we win. I just want to win. I don't really care about this fake rivalry that we have with Toronto, Uh, you know. I don't know. 
Why is my shirt weird? It feels weird. There we go. I don't know if it's working. Well, who cares? Whatever. No one knows I had chicken tenders earlier. I'm a fucking idiot. I'm so stupid. <laughs> I'm too old for chicken tenders. What am I doing? wonder why I can't lose weight. They go, man, but I eat so well. Then I think about what I ate like the past two days. I'm like, no, no, you don't. You don't eat better. Oh, man, but I only eat in... No, you don't eat small increments. My issue is that I never. I always want to make sure I have more than enough, which means I do too much. You know, because, like, I did, I've always done that. Like, I never want to be short on anything. So, like, when I order food, I want to make sure I have more than I need. So, if I'm that hungry, because I feel like there's nothing worse than, like, if you're hungry and you eat less than what makes you full. I don't know. I don't know, man. I need to figure this shit out. I'm getting tired of it. I'm tired of it, but I'm not going to do anything about it. That's the problem, man. Why am I not going to the gym? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to yell and scream at my uh, therapist about it this week. I'm just going to scream at her. As soon as she pops on, just screaming at the top of my lungs, Why don't I go to the gym? <laughs> oh, man. No, I've always been that way, though, with, like, the whole, not, like, when I host, like, parties and stuff like that, there are, like, six people coming over, something like that, you know, I'm just having a few friends over, and I get, like, eight pizzas or something like that, and it's like, how the, especially now, if, I mean, if I had, like, six friends over, and I ordered eight pizzas, what the hell am I thinking, man, I can eat, like, one piece of pizza, then I'm done, I'm down, I'm down for the count for, like, two days, and it's like, oh, what have I done for myself, what have I done to myself, man? I don't know. But yeah, I had chicken tenders. And they're like they taste good, but it's like it's not I don't know. I've gotta eat better. I just have to eat better. I just have to be more on top of it, man. I don't know. I need to talk to my doctor about either what the fuck is wrong with me. <laughs> Hopefully the cholesterol has went down since I've been taking pills. I don't know, it's like it's like low testosterone, like keeping me from like kind of getting up and going or is it just like something else is it just being old now is it going to be one of those things where it's like hey that's just how it is you're old just deal with it and uh or is it just part of like adhd where it's like you know my brain doesn't want to like i just hyper focuses and goes into comfort mode instead of like actually dealing with things sometimes which i mean i'm better at dealing with stuff but i get very easily distracted like you know if i'm trying to clean all of a sudden i'm like okay let's start let's do this and I, I pick up one thing, I go into the other room, see something else, I'm like, oh shit, I need to do that real quick. And then as I'm doing that, I see something else, I'm like, oh, I need to get that done real quick. And all of a sudden, it's like 12 things are now on the list of things that need to be done. Now I'm overwhelmed, and now I'm sitting back on the couch not doing anything. Like, god damn it, man. I gotta figure this stuff out. I gotta get focused on po like, good, like good things I can get done. Not just, ugh. Oh man, well, I don't know, I do this all the time. You hear it whenever I talk. I start on a tangent, and then all of a sudden another thing pops in my head, and I start talking about that. Happens all the time. I mean, if you listen to the show, there's, like, no way you can sit there and deny that I have some form of, like, focus uh, inability. <laughs> you know, I stumble over my words, or, you know, I, like I said, I start talking about one thing, and then jump into another thing, and then jump into a third thing, and then say, what the fuck was I talking about? Yeah, that happens literally four or five times an episode. I'm probably about to start talking about it here in a few minutes. I'm like, what the hell was I talking about? You know? I don't know. Maybe it's the bandana talking, man. Maybe it's just I'm so damn cool with this bandana on. I am pretty cool. I am able to pull off stuff. You know, for somebody with zero style whatsoever, I pull off things pretty well, I think. It's because I don't give a fuck. I think that's how. That's the key to everything is not giving a shit. You, like, I have fucking the facial hair I got, stash chops with a bandana. You t yeah, you know that guy doesn't give a fuck about nothing. I ain't giving a fuck about nothing for years. <laughs> Oh, man. Let's talk about this TV show that I've rewatched this week. And, oh, my God. I mentioned it, I think, a couple weeks ago. I said, like, you know, the first episode's good, and the rest of it's kind of a, like a mess. And, man, was that not any, like, just the most true statement I've ever said on this podcast. It's the strain on, it was on FX for a few years. There's, like, a, it has uh, the guy who plays Kimi, Kevin Duran from Lost. He's in there. And he's like the best part, but I kind of forgot that he turns into like this little crybaby slut shaming dude in the third season because he breaks up with like one of the the girl on the show, uh, Dutch, um, Ruta Gedmintis. 
Gennetis, I think that's how her name is. The girl who should have played Jennifer. Not that there's anything wrong with the chick that played Jennifer in uh, The Witcher. I mean, she was like one of my favorite parts of the first season. And then the second season, her, the writing of her character was just so trash that there's nothing anybody could have done with it. Um, but Ruta should have been Yen. She looks just like her. She sounds just like her. Like everything about her is Yen. It's like, it was so perfect casting. And she was free when they were, ca I don't know. I just don't get it. Nope. And then, I man, The Witcher's the fucking worst. It's like the worst show. Because they also have, like, writers who have been horrible. Like, just noteworthy horrible. Like, nobody's really a fan of, like, these writers and showrunner on this show. They, like, they've been horrible. But they was trying to pat themselves on the back by saying they wanted to uh, challenge beauty standards when they uh, casted... Uh, I cannot remember her name for Yennefer. And it's like, what do you mean challenging beauty standards? That chick is hot. She's, like, legitimately, like, hot. What, she's not supposed to be hot because she's Indian or something? What are you trying to say? Because she's just, like, objectively, like, traditional beauty standards, a very attractive girl. What are you talking about challenging beauty standards? What, because she's Indian? That seems racist. Seems like you've patted yourself on the back so hard you push yourself into racism, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Man, it's so bad. No wonder, like, Henry Cavill's like, I gotta get the fuck out of this show. Fuck this. Uh, no, but the strain, like, man, that first episode is pretty good. David Bradley's good in it. Um, for the most part, Kevin Durant's good in it, except for like season three. There's a character called Quinlan that's good. And Dutch is all right, though. I don't know. But they, there's so much fat on the show that's so bad. Like, there's this one character named Gus. He's a Hispanic dude, and he is the worst fucking character Almost, I think, maybe in any show ever. Like, he's... He finally is solid in season four. But the first three seasons, he is the fucking worst character ever. I would rather watch an entire six seasons and a movie show or whatever about Nikki and Paolo from Lost. Without a doubt. Gus is the worst character ever. He's like this, he's a gangbanger, he's like this Hispanic gangbanger in New York, and I'm not sure how old he's supposed to be, but I have no idea how this guy would have made it in this world acting the way he does. Literally, anytime anybody talks to him in the first three seasons, he's trying to fight them or he's threatening to kill them, and it's over like the smallest details. Like this one, like the landlord for his mom's like, hey, you know, you can't leave your recycling here. I've told you this a couple different times. He goes, like, you ever talk to my mother like that again? They'll find your body in those recycling bins you love so much. I'm like, the fuck is this, dude? Like he, everything is like this over the top masculine, like, ugh, it's the worst. And then like this one guy, like his buddy gets bit. Because if you've never seen The Strain, um, it was like this book written by Guillermo del Toro and Chuck Hogan like in the mid-2000s, and then they turned it into a TV show. I think Guillermo del Toro had like quite a bit to do with at least the first season, maybe the first episode only, but then it falls apart. Um, but basically what happens is like there's this thing called the Master. He has like, there's like a different type of vampire in this one. It's, got, it's like more of like almost like a, like a, let's say a leech. It's got like this crazy like worm tongue thing that shoots out and, Blah, blah, blah. Whatever. There's vampires. How about that? There's vampires. Anyway, Gus's buddy gets bitten by a vampire, and he's, like, turning, and he's sick, and they're, like, they're in, like, the back of a police wagon, and he falls over because he's, like, completely out of it, and this, the guy beside him is, like, he's, like, get the, you know, get off me, you know, and he lifts him up like anybody would when this normal dude's, like, sick and falling on top of you, and Gus immediately leans and like, hey, it's, like, just so you know, when they take these cuffs off, I'm going to knock out what's left of your teeth. It's like, oh, shut the fuck up, dude. Who acts like this? Who talks like this? Every single thing was an affront to him. He, he wanted to fight and like kill everybody all the time. And it didn't help that his storyline was rarely ever connected to the rest of the show. But on top of that, like the first season, it's all about him eventually being recruited to become like a vampire hunter. And then the second season, they abandon that, and then it's about him being recruited to become a vampire hunter again. 
And at the end of season two, he goes to a prison and releases all the gang members that are like associated with his gang. And they're going to become like this big vampire hunting army. And then in season three, that's never brought up ever again. It's never talked about, never addressed. You never see any of those people again. And they don't talk about it. It sucks. It sucks so bad. (laughs) Then it has like the worst kid imaginable. His name's Zach. And I just like, I've never wanted to see a kid die in a show more than this. Like even like more than Joffrey. At least, like, Joffrey was, like, a piece of shit, but he made sense. This kid was just, like, Zack is the worst character. He might be worse than Gus. Nah, Gus is worse. But, man, Zack is bad. Bad, 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 bad. He eventually blows up, like, New York City with a nuke because he can't understand that his mom's a vampire, and that's why his dad had to kill her. He would not get it. And then he causes Nora's death. Like, it's the worst thing. And then in the fourth season, they introduce this chick so he can have a crush on her. And then he turns into a little incel piece of shit and lets the vampires eat her instead of helping her. Like, he's the worst. Eventually, he blows up in the end, thank God. But not after they he reconciles with his dad, kind of. But at the same time, it's the Oh, my God. Like, when the show focuses on its mythology, it was good. Like, it was fine. Like, uh, when they focus on, like, Quinlan's backstory, who's like, a half vampire, half human. Or the master, or um, Derek Bradley, who you'd know is like Filch from Harry Potter, or uh, Walter Frey from Game of Thrones. When they focus on their characters, um, it was much better. But man, when they focused on uh, Corey Stahl's character, who I like Corey Stahl a lot, um, when they focused on the Goodweather family and all that stuff, it was the it was sucked. And I don't get offended easily. I don't. I really don't. I really don't care usually what happens. But there's one character, Nora, whose mother has Alzheimer's. And I was offended by how they portrayed the mother with Alzheimer's. They made her into a whiny, whiny baby. Just the whiniest baby imaginable. Like, this is how stupid this show could get. Like, seriously, the dumbest. So, everything's turning to shit. New York City's falling apart. There's vampires everywhere. And... Like, Nora's mom is constantly like, where are my cigarettes? Nora, what's happening? I don't like this place, Nora. Where's my Nora at? She just does, that's all she talks about. She just whines and cries. And, oh, I don't like this place. And it's just, shut up. Shut up. She eventually dies, and you should feel bad when characters die. This is why I hated, like, Walking Dead so much. You usually got excited when people died because the character sucked so bad you were just happy to see him gone. That's what this show is like. Anytime most people died, you're like, thank God that person's gone. There's only a few times like, oh, that sucks. But man, this show was really good about like, I'm so glad this person's dead because that character sucked. Nora's mom was the worst. But there's an episode where everything's going to shit. And like... All in, like, obviously, Nora's mother needs help because obviously she is, you know, neurologically degrading. So she can't, you know, she's not sure what's going on half the time. Understandable. So, why they want to go out on a mission to fight the master or whatever the fuck, they decide to leave Nora with the 10 year old son of the main character and he can babysit her. That makes, yeah, it makes total sense. In a normal situation, that's the dumbest thing imaginable. In a situation where there's a fucking vampire infestation going on in the, the city, that's the dumbest thing in the history of the world. Who thought this was a good idea? One of them just could not stay behind. And of course, you know, obviously it's just to create, you know, manufactured uh, drama because, you know, she's freaking out about her cigarettes. So he's like, what happens if I go get your cigarettes? Then, you know, he obviously almost gets attacked and almost gets bitten. And it's just like, this is the stupidest, the stupidest show. I watched the whole thing again and I won't ever watch it again. Because I'm like, you know what? I think it would end up being fun after the first time I kind of think about it. I think it ends up being like kind of a, it's a goofy fun show. And there's times where it is goofy fun. But man, no, no. For the most part, it is garbage. Just garbage. Like I said, just points of it that are okay when it focuses on other things but the shit with like also the character names what the hell whose idea i mean i have to call out guillermo del toro on this because these are characters from a book's name like eldritch palmer 
What? That's a stupid name. Ephraim Goodweather. That's that's a stupid name for a character. Ephraim Goodweather. That's trying too hard to name a character. You know, it's like, that's what happens, like, you know, you get those sometimes where it's like people are trying way too hard to get like a nice little catchy name for their show or their main character and they just create garbage that's not realistic. Ephraim Goodweather. Abraham Satrakian. Uh, Vasily Fett was fine. Coco Marchand. That was a character's name. Coco Marchand. <laughs> That's so stupid. And at the same time, the show was like dealing with like, if this show was just campy nonsense, it would have been a lot of fun. But they sometimes were campy nonsense, and sometimes it tried to like seems like it was trying to tell a serious story. But it never had anything to say in the serious department. But it kept trying to. And that was the problem. Like, just embrace that this show is garbage. And it just should be campy, goofy, fun. And they never did. The only person who did was Jonathan Hyde. He had a lot of fun playing Eldritch Palmer. I thought he was like, he was just over the top, acting extremely over the top and pompous. And it was good. Like, he was a good part. The German guy was fun. But I can't remember his name off the top of my head. He was also in a show that was on HBO. I think it was actually like a British show that ended up being on HBO that sucked. And it only sucked because like one scene where they tried way too hard on social commentary, like way too hard, like just tried to beat you over the skull with social commentary. And it was just like, oh, Jesus, shut up, shut up. Like you could have been a little nuanced about how you brought this up. So basically in that show, um, guy tries to use his position of power to get with chick chick rejects him and he accidentally kills her like you know throws her and then other chick comes in after watching the whole thing and starts berating him about you know men's like trying to hold power over women and when they're in positions of power i'm like your friend has literally just died like eight seconds ago her body's not even cold and you're launching into this whole societal rant like that doesn't make any fucking sense you haven't even checked to see if she's actually dead or not and you're already in this rant. Like, it's so unrealistic. It's like, it was just the writers like, we're going to show how fucking, you know, ugh, it was the worst. I can't remember the show's name, but it sucked. But that guy's also in that show. So maybe he's just in bad shows. You don't even know who I'm talking about. I can't even remember his name. He's a German dude. Don't watch The Strain. Don't. You may think it might be fun. It looks like it's going to be fun. And it's just not. The first episode's pretty cool. You got Mikhail from Lost. He shows up in it. I usually like Carlton Cuse because he was like an executive producer. I think he also helped write quite a bit of it. I like, you know, I obviously I love Lost. Um, and I liked a lot of Bates Motel. I thought that was a pretty fun show. But this was not. This was bad. This is just a really bad show. But yet I couldn't stop watching it. That was the problem. I could not stop watching this garbage. It was my, it was my keeping up with the Kardashians. It was awful. Awful show. So don't watch it. Don't watch The Strain. I know Sean Astin's in it for, you know, the first season and shows up a little bit in season two. That's awesome. Obviously, we love seeing Sean Astin. But it's not worth it. It's not worth seeing Sean Astin for this trash. But whatever. Anyways, I don't have a whole lot to talk about tonight. So let's go straight into this music stuff. Go into Lost Rewatch. Let's get the fuck out of here. It's already too late. Um, So, when it comes to music... Now, now that I'm like almost 33, I'm not going to get into new genres. You know what I mean? I'm not going to get into new genres. This is not happening. You know, when you're in your early 20s, you can like, I'm going to decide I'm going to listen to this. I'm going to listen to Gregorian chant music from the mid early 90s. <laughs> get super into it. You know, I'm at the age now. I was like, nah, I kind of like what I like. And that's just it. Like, you know, if you're a super metalhead, don't suggest metal music to me. I'm not a metal guy. I'm not saying it's bad or it sucks or anything like that. It's just I'm too old to really get into it enough to understand the nuances of it. So don't be like, oh, how about this uh, Peruvia death metal band? I don't know. Nah, I'm not listening to it. Sorry, I'm just not. I don't care if it's the greatest thing that's ever created and it's got 100% on, it's got a 10 out of 10 on fucking Pitchfork and 100% Metacritic or whatever the hell you want to rate it by. I don't care. Not listening to it. So, you know, I'm into my own genres. I'm I'm set into those. So now I'm more into trying to find interesting perspectives in those genres. So it doesn't get stale. You know, so if I could find like, oh, cool. It's uh, Irish 
punk music, but using Germanic history. Okay. I usually like punk music. I like some Irish influence. And the fact that it's like using more German history as like its basis, that sounds like it could be fun. Why not check it out? And if it's garbage, it's garbage or move on. So there's this guy out there, South African guy. His name is Orville Peck. I've known about him for about a year, two years, something like that. I can't remember when he first kind of popped up on my radar. I listened to a couple songs here and there, and I've enjoyed what I listened to. But it's been one of those guys who I know is like, every time I hear like people I really love talk about the guy, they fucking rave about him. Like, I really need to jump in. So, you know, I was bored at work this week. I'm like, let's do this. Let's jump in. And I did, and oh my God. It's so fucking good. This is... Orville Peck is a gay South African dude who wears a mask and sings outlaw country music. That is the coolest fucking thing I have ever heard in my life. It is awesome. He croons. He croons. It's oh, it's so good. I fucking love it. It's like I sent it to uh, historical woman Casey Smith. And I'd seen, and she said exactly the perfect way. It's like, this is Depeche Mode meets Roy Orbison. And it's like, yep, that's perfect. That is exactly it. I saw somebody say the Smiths, but I don't give a fuck about the Smiths. Morrissey is like, I'm a guy wearing a fucking bandana right now. And I think Morrissey tries too hard. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, yeah, but it's Depeche Mode and Roy Orbison. Like, all, like, mixed together. It is phenomenal. Like, it's got, like, all these little 80s elements. It's got, like, great atmospheric tones to it. He fucking, especially on the newest record, Bronco, really can bring it with his voice. Oh! Mm. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And he's got some great covers, too. That's always a key to a great crooner, is they can cover a great song. He's got a great Born This Way by Lady Gaga cover. He's got a phenomenal cover of Fancy by Reba. And whew, that's a great track. That is a great song. That is a 10 out of 10 song. 10 out of 10, I would give Fancy. Oh, but man, this guy is so freaking good. So freaking good. Like, I'm trying to think, man, he also can turn some fun lines. There's a song called Out of Time, where he makes this great Elvis reference. He's like, he's talking, this chick tries to talk to him, and she says she doesn't like Elvis. So I say, how about a little less conversation, please? (laughs) That's good. That's great. And he also wrote one of my favorite lines of all time, and I just found out this week about it. It's one of my favorite lines ever. Breaker, breaker, break hearts, 10-4, daddy-o. <laughs> I love that. My favorite thing ever. I say daddy-o now. So dig it. That's right. But man, that's like a, like a completely fresh, different perspective on something that I've loved forever. I love outlaw, like country music. Chris Christopherson, you know, Haggard. Um, you have all those guys out there. Willie Nelson's in that vein. All these fun fucking guys that I've loved for years and years and years and years. Johnny Cash, all that Craig stuff. All of a sudden, here's this new dude. Comes out 2020. And offers a completely fresh, different perspective. Like, it's a fresh coat of paint on an old car that you love forever. But he's like, man, it's just it's not nothing about it anymore. But then you just put that fresh coat of paint on and it pops like it used to back in the day. Ooh, this is good stuff. This is good stuff. Bronco's a phenomenal record. That Hexy Mountain song, that is A-OK in my book. A-OK. And then uh, the opener, Daytona Sand. Mm, mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. Mm. It's good. It's great. It's wonderful. Man, but if you have not checked out Orville Peck, you've got to jump on this train. Get on this train before it's too far out of the station. Because it is great A, great music. It is top-notch, super best, bro. Mm. I think I, I bought all three of his records this week. So, or I guess he has two studios and one like EP thing. I bought all three of them. I also got, as you can see in the background, I got T-Pain back there. That's right. What's up on top of the covers, man? What a fun little record that is. Like, I have like a love-hate thing with T-Pain. Like, obviously, the I think auto-tune is like garbage for most part. Um, and he was kind of like the poster child of it. Uh, but 
the dude can actually really sing. Um, that War Pigs cover on that re- on that cover record is really fucking good. It's really good. <laughs> it's like outstandingly good. Um, and like to said, the dude can sing. But I always thought it was weird. Like um, a couple years ago, I saw like an interview with him where he said like you know it really hurt his feelings that people didn't realize he could sing. And I'm like, yeah, because you like just like just beat your voice down with all this autotune dude i didn't know you were that great of a singer like you can tell you probably could sing but like you basically masked your voice so much with autotune why don't why didn't you think people didn't know you could sing like they never heard you actually hit your regular voice because you autotuned it to death i don't know i mean i like a lot of t-pain stuff he's always got he's just he's you know, he's not somebody to be taken seriously on a grand scheme of things. You're not going to compare him to like a Kendrick or, you know, the greats, uh, like a, like in terms of like R&B, like stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think of his contemporaries, R&B, mm, like a D'Angelo, uh, those types. Of, you know, these R&B like guys like legends. You're never going to compare him to that. You're never going to do like a Sam Cooke, Otis Redding thing. 40 years from now, nobody's going to look at him that way. He's a party guy. It's just like, oh, you know, it's like Van Halen. They're a party band. You know, it took me forever to understand that because, you know, obviously Eddie Van Halen is like fucking ridiculous on guitar, like the maybe the greatest. Um, but I would listen to him like, I don't get it. They kind of, you know, they're just like a better version of what, like Aerosmith, I'd say, or, you know, I guess if you want to get temporary, they're like kind of like in Poison realm, but they're like really good at what they do. They write better songs, like way better songs to Poison, but, you know, in that same like vein. And then you kind of get it like, all oh, because they're just going to be a party band. They're not trying to, like, write, you know, socially conscious or change perspectives. Like, they're here to fucking party. They're talking about how t- hot the teacher is. You know what I mean? And they wrote that song specifically in mind that, you know, what, 15 years after that, they're going to put that in Varsity Blues. It's going to be the greatest scene in movie history. A 10. 10. A fucking 10. <laughs> I still love that scene so much. Uh, hot for teacher. What a goofy song it's goofy it's that's what van halen was they're just goofy that's kind of like t-pain is like basically that he's just like he's kind of this goofy artist not to take super seriously but there's some ta- there's talent there like to do that and like pull it off properly gotta be talent i mean i'm in love with a stripper are you supposed to take like an artist serious like in like rate him against like top-notch uh artists of his same era if he has a song called i'm in love with a stripper of course not all i do is win like come on <laughs> It's just goofy nonsense, but it's fun. It's fun. Enjoy it. Oh, do I have much else? I don't think I have much else. So let's jump into this Lost Rewatch. Let's get the hell out of here so I don't have to go to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning and be up at 9.30. All right, let's jump into Lost. It's episodes 10 and 11, Something Nice Back Home, and Cabin Fever. Something Nice Back Home was much better than I remember. I think most of my resentment towards it was just how it was marketed at the time of this like kid jack overcome whatever this is and it's just as appendix bursting or as a you know he's getting appendicitis you know it was stupid also i mean i didn't care about i do like the fact though in this season we've had a lot of bernard there's been a lot of bernard in this season you know usually so in the background i mean there's also some frustration with that that the fact we don't get we didn't get that much hurley or sawyer at all this season i mean there's no sawyer flash forward or flashback or anything like that uh, we hardly get any time with them. I mean, Locke is just like season three, completely like only in like half the episodes. Um, so that's like a frustration. Like, you know, obviously Bernard's not like a major character in this show, so we don't need him that much. But it's kind of cool to see him kind of stepping up a little bit here. Um, so basically, it starts with Jack waking up on the island. Uh, everybody's going after Daniel and Charlotte about what's going on, and Charlotte is being a red-headed B-word. Now, she's been, like, the whole season. She's just been very, you know, just snarky and like that. And Daniel calls her out. I was like, when you talk to people like that, that's why they don't trust us. <laughs> I love Daniel. I love Faraday, man. Um, no, but then eventually, you know, Jack starts, like, passing out and all stuff. And then you find out he's got, you know, his appendix is bursting, blah, 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 blah. Then you have on the side plot, you've got Sawyer, Miles, and Claire making their way downtown, walking fast, faces passed, and they're homebound to the beach. Um, and Miles is at one point looking at Claire. Well, 
I was kind of right last week with Sawyer and Carl, though they didn't go quite. They didn't go into the depth that I wished it kind of would have, or at least given a little bit more. Um, they're walking, and then Miles starts having like these visions, starts hearing voices because he can talk. He can kind of communicate with the dead, and he's like, "Who's Danielle and who's Carl?" And they tell him who, and then he finds their bodies, and like when he uncovers Carl, so he's like, "Carl," like you know, he's sad. They didn't need more than that. He really didn't need more than that. I kind of just wish there was. He didn't really need any more than that, though. Um, and eventually, he's like kind of looking towards Claire at one point, and then Sawyer says, you got a restraining order, you creep. I don't know. It seemed kind of weirdly manufactured. Um, I'm trying to think how much else is going on in this episode. In the flash forward, Jack and Kate are together after the trial. They're taking care of each other. Jack is um, thinks he sees Christian at one point. And you, this is basically when you see Jack start evolving into bearded Jack, who's drunk and high on pills all the time and wants to go back. Um, he goes and visits Hurley. Hurley's... I always love when they kind of actually really show that Hurley is kind of like batshit crazy. Like, he's like completely... He's like, he has like these delusions and stuff like that. Um, he sees like the doctor and like he's just like kind of sitting in the bed, just kind of like in like his own world. He starts about, about talking with Charlie all on the lawn. Then he tells uh, Jack, he's like, uh, he told me to give you a message. And it's like, you're not supposed to raise him. Talking about Aaron. Um, he's like, also, he says somebody's going to visit you soon. And it's just going to be Christian. It's pretty cool. But him and Kate are in love. And then obviously Jack's jealousy is there as well. And he's jealous of her on the phone. And it's supposed to be one of the moms. And at the end, she's doing she did something for Sawyer. So it makes kind of things like, what? what she do for Sawyer? Are, is she in contact with Sawyer on the island? Where is Sawyer at? What happened? Uh, 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 uh. I can't remember what it is. But anyway, I think it has... Did Sawyer ever tell her about the daughter? I can't remember. Whatever. <sighs> Excuse me. Um, eventually they get into... Uh, Jack is in like his office one night and he hears beeping. It's like the fire, uh, fire detector smoke detector um changes the battery then he hears hey jack and he turns and he sees christian sitting there and he has like a little freak out and he kind of starts crying and then this fellow doctor who i don't know the way they kind of just present her in this episode you think there's gonna be more for her but she's i don't think she's ever seen again um then he asks he asks has jesus he asks her to give him some drugs and she does and that's when he starts drinking and doing pills man then he gets into a big argument with uh kate when she tells him she did something for Sawyer and he's like, you're he's like, you know, you can act like this around my son or something like that. He's like, you're not even related to him. <laughs> and then he's there and obviously this is destroying the whole relationship. He'd asked her to marry him early in the episode. So, you know, I like Kate and Sawyer or Kate and Jack way more. And I like Kate and Sawyer or Kate and or Jack and Juliet. I've always enjoyed them more, but whatever. Anyway, Juliet performs the appendectomy on Jack. Jack wants to be awake for it because he's a fucking psycho. <laughs> so he tries to stay awake, and they mean, like, yeah, not put him under, and they do. They take care of it, and then uh, Kate and Juliet have a talk, and Juliet's like, oh, yeah, Jack kissed me the other day, but I think he was just trying to prove to himself he wasn't in love with somebody else, and Kate like thanks her and then Joya was like I know you're awake to Jack and Jack was awake then at the end Claire wakes up in the middle of the night sees Christian there holding the baby she walks off Uh, Sawyer wakes up and asks where Claire's at and Miles is like "Uh, she walked off in the middle of the night he's like you didn't think to stop her he's like I have a restraining order Miles is kind of a douche but he turns into a pretty fun character um and he's also kind of funny. He's also, hey, man, this is your fucking fault. You're the leader here. You're the one who told me never to talk to her or go anywhere near her. So, and so she's gone, but they find the baby. And you hear Claire, 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 Claire. And the episode ends. Solid episode. Probably like a B minus. It's fine. Nothing crazy. Um, I do like kind of flash forward, kind of seeing where Jack, how Jack gets to where he uh, gets to. We have to go back, Jack. Um, and I think on the island, it's meh. You know what I mean? It's nothing crazy. You did have the cool moment where Jen realizes Charlotte can speak Korean, 
then he like you know if you don't like basically take care of us take care of son or you hurt son i'm gonna break like daniel's fingers one by one <laughs> jen is such a fucking badass oh i love jen this is a fine episode b minus it might jump up to a b it's fine it, there's nothing egregiously wrong with it i don't think there's anything i dislike about it um I thought for some reason this is the last time you saw Claire until she comes back in season six. Um, I guess it might be the only egregious thing wrong because like then that that has more to do with the next episode, I guess. Uh, but you see in the next episode too. So next episode is Cabin Fever, Locke episode. We see Locke being born. He's born premature. His uh mom looked like to be like sixteen or something like that. She seemed young in the fifties. Um. And then she couldn't, like, hold the baby. She freaked out. And then her, you know, her mother, so Locke's biological grandmother, hated him. Had nothing to do with him. And then, um, so we see Jan, uh, John through the years and realize how connected to the island he is. So Albert shows up, Richard Albert, Nestor Carbonell, uh shows up and runs a test. And John picks the wrong item. And Richard's pretty mad about this. Um... Runs off, and then later in the episode, John gets picked on in high school. He's like been stuffed in a locker, and like his guidance counselor tells him, "Hey, this uh, this group in Portland who runs these great experiments, or you know, they're really interested in having you come to like summer camp." John rejects him. He does the whole "You can't tell, don't tell me what I can't do," which is basically the motto. It's what John should have tattooed across his forehead. <laughs> he has that, you know. Um, and here's like a Mr. Albert. So you know, Richard was trying to recruit him again. So John has this connection to the island that goes back way farther. He has his own little visions on the island, seeing Mr. Horace, uh, Horace Goodspeed, chopping down a tree, and it's kind of this weird time loop building the cabin, because this episode's, a, episode's all about Hurley, John, and Ben finding the cabin. And Ben's being... Ben is really funny in this season. He's hysterical. So they're, like, looking around, and at one point, I think John asks... Like uh, Ben's like, where is this cabin? And he's like, and he looks at Hurley. He's like, I've been following him. <laughs> uh, and then like towards the end, there's a point where John gets Hurley to do something. He's like, he almost thought that was his own idea. He's like, he actually thought that was his idea. I was like, good job, John. You're turning into a leader. <laughs> there's another funny point. They go to the Dharma grave, the mass grave of all the Dharma, body, Dharma bodies. And Hurley was like, what happened to them? And like locked his like throws his thumb over his shoulders like he did. <laughs> but on them, they eventually find the cabin. John goes inside and he thinks he's got Jacob, but it's actually Christian. And there is Claire there as well. And Claire seems as I don't know. There was a vibe with Claire in this that made me so excited to see where Claire was going. And then you don't see her again until season six. When she's just a crazy person and there's no real great follow-up on this. This is the frustration. There's a lot of nothing on this. Uh, not great. This episode's, I think, good overall, but I really don't like that. Like, they, there was, like, a vibe with Claire in this episode. You're like, oh, man, what are they going to do with Claire? This seems like it's going to be fucking awesome. And then nothing. Not a freaking thing. Absolutely nothing for this episode. Like, for Claire. Um... Meanwhile, on the freighter, Kimi's came back, and he's not happy at all. He wants to kill everybody. He wants to kill everybody. Because I forgot to mention that Frank shows up in the episode before, warns Sawyer and Co. about Kimi coming, and he gets them off the island whenever they're, he almost had found them, because he's going to kill them. When he gets them out of there and takes them back to the freighter, they want to go immediately right back and basically blow up the fucking island. They're ready to burn it down. Um, the captain tells Kimi about Kevin Johnson slash Michael is the rat. Um, he tries to kill Michael. He points the gun to his head and Mike pulls the trigger multiple times. You see him pull out like the, uh, magazine or the clip or whatever. And it's got bullets in it. Like, you know, so it's like, he's like, go fix my gun. And you see like this big, like kind of war going on. And once again, the whole don't trust the captain thing makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense whatsoever. Why they did the whole don't trust the captain thing. The captain is 100% trustworthy. He's 100% trustworthy. 
like he keeps arguing with Kimi at one point. He's like, what are you talking about this? Uh, like, you know, basically like burning down the, like basically torching the Island. He's like, we're supposed to be here on an extraction mission, extraction mission. It's like, we're supposed to be extracting people. We're saving people here. He works with like Saeed and like Desmond. He's like, okay, I'm like, get this boat. I'm gonna get you guys out of here. Cause he's going to kill you eventually. It's like, he, he literally is on the good side, but yet there's the whole like storyline. that like, don't trust the captain. Why? Why was that a thing? Like, instead of wasting our time with the don't trust the captain stuff, you could have built up a, some other stuff. You could have had more Hurley or more Sawyer, more just anybody. But why was so don't trust the captain thing running through the season when he was 100% trustworthy every single time we interacted with him? It makes no sense why they wasted time with it. So I, I, so I don't know how the shooting schedule worked on this because um, I can't remember how the writer's strike happened then. So I'm not sure how much of it was done before the strike and how much was done afterwards. So I don't know how much that fucked up the continuity because there's zero reason to not trust the captain. Captain Galt, he was 100% trustworthy the entire time. Why did I have to keep hearing don't trust the captain? It's like the first part, you know. Eventually, uh, Omar goes up to Doc and says, hey, Doc, because like, uh, he goes walking by and he start, you start hearing the Morse code from a couple episodes back. And um, he's like, hey, Doc, there's this weird thing from the Morse Code. They was asking what happened to the doctor. He showed up on the beach with his throat slit. He's like, but I'm the doctor. He's like, I know, weird, right? And then a couple minutes later, Lapidus is like, I'm not taking you back to the island. He's like, I'll kill you. And then Kimi, who's such a badass. I love the way Duran talks in this show. Like he, the way he kind of pronounces things, I don't know, just, I like it a lot. I just like the way he talks. It's just the way he pronounces stuff, like, it's menacing and just, I don't know. It's like, it's a fun little accent. I'm not sure what he's doing. I don't know if that's, like, natural's accent. Because obviously in The Strand, which I, or The Strain, which I was talking about earlier, he does, like, a little bit of a New York-Russian accent thing going on. So I'm not sure how much this is his real accent or not. But, man, I like the way he's talk, like talks in this. He's like, I'll kill you, Frank. And Frank uh, Lapidus is just like, Go ahead. It's like you don't have any other pilots. So Kimi, being fucking crazy ass, badass Kimi, just walks over to the doctor, slits his throat, throws him overboard. He's like, How about now, Frank? It's like it's like until you do, every thirty seconds I'm gonna kill somebody else. <laughs> it's like he's going to too. He's fucking crazy. So Frank's like, Oh yeah, whatever. Then the then here comes Captain Galt. He's got a gun. And he's like, uh, he's like, you're done, you know, blah, blah, I'm taking, you know, just don't do this, Kimi. Kimi puts his hands up, and he's got this device, which I completely forgot about, attached to his arm. And, like, um, I think it's bombs. I don't know. We'll find out in the season finale. Um, he's like, what's that on his arm? And then, being dumb, you know, he's got the gun, and he looks away. He's like, what's that on his arm? And then Kimi whips out his gun, and boom, shoots the captain dead. Same time, uh, Saeed has escaped on a little raft. He wants to try to start ferrying people back to the boat. Um, how big that raft was, it's going to take days or maybe even years to get everybody on that little raft back to this boat. Which my thing is, if I'm Lapidus, drop them off on the island and then don't like leave them there. Don't don't bring them back. Just go back and be like, all right. And then just, you know, you probably will leave guards with them. I don't know. What the hell? What am I thinking, Brandon? Whatever. So anyway, am I trying? Am I missing something major with the locked plot line? I don't think so. Like he meets. Oh, obviously he meets. Uh, when I talk about he met Claire and Christian in the cabin, he finally, you know, finally decide what they're going to do. The Christian warns Locke that you know the mercenaries are coming back. They're coming back to kill everybody. And um, he comes back outside, and Ben, who said he didn't want to go back in there because the island let him be sick and healed John, so it's really John is the leader now. Um, he asked John what it told him to do, and it says we have to move the island. Yes. Whoo! Good ending. It's a good episode, I think overall. I think another B episode. Nothing spectacular. I like the boat stuff. I like the stuff going on in the freighter. Um, there's not a whole lot to the lock flashback stuff. I'm trying to think. Um, yeah. 
Oh, we get Matt, uh, we get uh, Lance Reddick. That's right. Oh, thank God. I think I remember that because I feel bad. I meant to say something about when Lance Reddick passed a couple months ago, back in March. Lance Reddick was a fantastic actor. He's great as Abaddon. He's been in so many great things over the year. He's in Oz. He was, um, oh shit. Come on, Brandon. Come on, Fringe. Bosch. I mean, you name it. This, uh, John Wick. That's right. I forgot he was in John Wick. I got his stuff in front of me. I forgot he was in John Wick. He was in The Wire. That was like a big show for him, like when he started. Yeah, but then he was in Lost. He was Abaddon. Abaddon was such an interesting character. He doesn't quite hit the level that, like, basically his presentation is in the beginning. But, you know, that's basically the back half of the show is that so many things happen that don't quite meet the presentation of him at the beginning. <laughs> but he's so great. And, like, yeah, he has, like, this little moment with John when John's in the wheelchair. He's like, next time we see each other. So I was like, oh, yeah, like, and John has this look on his face. I'm like, mm, yeah, it's it's good. I forgot about Matthew Abaddon slash Lance Reddick, the fantastic Lance Reddick. May he rest in peace. Um, yeah, this episode was solid. This is another solid episode. I think both episodes this week I watched were both solid. Nothing great, but good stuff. It does a good, really good job setting up the freighter stuff to finalize in the next week, which I'll be doing. It's... Th- they split the finale into three episodes, so I'll be watching all three, and I'll give them to you next week. So next week will be There's No Place Like Home, the season four finale, and then we'll jump into season five after that. It's fun. I'm still enjoying the Lost Rewatch. Like I said, I've had issues with season four. Mostly just, like, so many characters have just been left by the wayside. Sawyer and Hurley are my, my top two. Locke even a little bit. Um... This episode, you can definitely tell, needed like a half dozen episodes more at least. At least a half dozen more episodes to be a little bit more cohesive. But like I said, there's people who say this is the best season. This is the best season by far. No, it's not. It's not. There's no bad episodes. But it's... There's no... Obviously, this is a B season. Maybe a B minus season. That's been elevated massively by one episode. And that's the constant. Because the constant is, oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Wonderful. Anyways. Yeah, so we got There's No Place Like Home next week. We're going to go over that. We'll also go over my overall thoughts on Season 4. Like, best, I guess, arc. Um, Best character. Best... I'm going to have to do a backup to best episode because obviously it's the constant. Um, and we'll talk about my least favorite things as well. Outside of like, you know, it's too short or something like that. Like more or less like the actual um, stuff in the show, not the stuff going around the show. Because like I said, I feel like some, I think the reason Richard's back this week is because the writer strike. I think he was on Kane before the writer strike. And after like, you know, Kane got canceled during the writer. I don't know, man. I don't know how it all works whether his stuff was already shot and then he joined Kane I don't know I'd have to look it up I'd have to look it up and I don't feel like looking it up because it's late but other than that ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening understanding all the fun stuff this has been Monster Rate the Pilot the podcast that's hosted by me Brandon every Monday and typically Thursdays for the show make sure you like share subscribe support anywhere podcasts are available available in the video form on Spotify where you can see the lights you can see the bandanas you can see the just gross amount of humanity in front of you oh man if you want to be on the show let me know if you have questions let me know if you got the answers let me know i am always available to do whatever man um other than that i'll be back thursday with sports talk we'll talk about the liverpool chelsea game from today and then or from sunday then i'll preview liverpool's next game and then we'll also be previewing hell is real FC Cincinnati versus Columbus at lower.com field. Brandon will be there and Brandon will be taking the piss out of some Cincinnati fans. Uh, smelly sense of nasty pieces like garbage, like just living in a landfill that they call a city. Ooh, what's up? <laughs> Once again, peace out. Have a great rest of your night. Um, yeah, like I said, if you want to be on all the fun stuff. Yeah. Have a great night. 10 for daddy. Oh, we out of here.